Welcome to the Leverage Your Life podcast. I'm Mark Jackson, and I like to call this an impact cast. Look, there is no way to monetize this in mind. There is no other intention other than to hopefully inspire, motivate, and encourage you to live an abundant life that God has planned for you. And so that's my aim through all these things. You know, I started this entire thing uh, on one day uh, when I just decided, okay, it's time to put myself on the hook. I've been thinking about it. I've been talking about it. I've been planning it. I've even like written down some goals and a path of success. I want to have you know three months of content ready to go, but nothing ever developed. And so I finally decided, you know what? Instead of talking about this anymore, I just need to take the first step. And so I did. And I thought it was important for me to do that for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to uh, put myself on the hook because I knew if I didn't do the first one, I wouldn't do the second one. And so I had to start somewhere. The other thing is that I had used perfection as an excuse and even the lack of professionalism as an excuse for not making any steps or making any progress. I had to find the right people, had to make the right plans. And, and I'm not I'm not against that. I think in a perfect world, that's what you should do. And maybe if you're a better person, you should do those things. But for me, I had to get started. I also thought that given the principles that I'd be talking about, it was important for me to be an example and to really walk the walk that my mouth was going to be talking. And so I I always want to encourage you to take a step today to do something, to not be worried about making mistakes, but to uh, step out of your comfort zone and even uh, allow the errors and flaws to be exposed sometimes. And so part of the process for me was to do the same thing, to allow you to see Uh, my missteps when I mispronounce a word or mess something up or sometimes my production quality is not up to par, but I wanted to get started and so here we are. And so I I need some feedback with that though. Uh, My mom thinks I'm amazing. She thinks I'm doing an amazing, fantastic job, Uh, but I need some honest perspective about what you like and what you don't like. So far, I've made some devotional videos. I've made some short clips. I've made long featured clips and stories about... uh, Rochelle Starr and Henry Zittrauer um, that have been available on Instagram and on uh, my Facebook page, also on Vimeo, but I also have some podcasts that I've dropped out there. I've taken some of that content and crossed over, and then I've taken some like I will today and, and use it in a different fashion. And so uh, I need some feedback. What is helpful to you? Like, what do you think is good? What do you think is awkward? Because uh, I, I don't fully uh, know what I'm good at when I'm not good at what's uh, impactful and what's not impactful. Again, my main aim is not to become somebody, but to cause something. Like I said, this is almost like an impact cast more than a podcast. I wanted to see something come from it. I believe that God really, you know, he's called us a kingdom of priests. And if you're someone who's a believer, if you trust in Jesus Christ, that he has prepared these things. He gave you grace for purpose. He gave you and designed you uh, for these opportunities that he's leading into. Again, Ephesians 2.10 says, you're God's workmanship. You're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand for you to walk in them. So I'll be talking a little bit more about that in an upcoming devotional video, but just give me some feedback. Let me know what you, th- what you think, what's helpful, what you think is worth sharing. In the end of the day, if what I've produced hasn't, one, helped you, and two, hasn't been worth sharing, then I've been spinning my wheels. And so please let me know because, again, this is it's kind of a side passion. It's my, my job. I work at University Church as an associate pastor here, and they give me a little leeway to, to work on some of these things. I do most of it after hours, but um, I need to know what's profitable. So 
On to today. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch the video from Henry and Francis Zitrar, please do it. It's an amazing story. The production is mediocre but improving. Uh, but I got a chance to, to go spend some time with them. I'll tell you the backstory. So Francis had worked as a hairdresser for 30 years, and Henry had worked in management for Florida Blue. Neither one had formal training or any full-time ministry experience, but yet they're the two that God used to move to Roatan to plant a church and then also uh, to establish this water system for a squatter's village with uh, people who had no one to advocate for them. And God used these two unlikely people to bring about an amazing change on the island. About three years ago, I met Henry, and we began talking about what he accomplished in the Honduras and how we, our ministry might be able to partner with theirs. And so I got a chance to do a couple trips down there to talk about some partnerships, and some of the things haven't materialized yet, uh, but our friendship has. And so uh, we've, we've stayed connected, and um, again, Henry's one of those guys that his story, he and Francis, they just inspire me because at the point where they felt like they could have really kicked back and lived an easy life, they sold everything and did the most difficult things. And I think the most important things that God had been preparing them for the whole time. And that's what I want to jump into today is I want you to see just a little bit more about God's preparation for them. So that day when they got off the cruise ship for the 39th anniversary cruise and walked on the beaches of Roatan and Francis asked the, the young boy, you know, if he knew Jesus, there was a lot that led up to that moment. There was a lot that led up to that moment when Henry was being led around the island by Enrique, and he saw a little girl carrying two water buckets and said, what's she doing? And Enrique said, she's going to the top of the mountain. If you've not been to the top of this mountain, well, let me tell you, it, you'll have to take some breaks on the way up. But this little girl was carrying water all the way up, and it broke Henry's heart, and he just knew this. God gave him the confidence that there is something that could be done about this, and he was the guy who was supposed to do it. So I want you to see just a little bit about the backstory and what happened. And so I asked them a little bit more about their story and how they came to know Christ, and this was the background that they both gave. I went to visit his sister that has uh, had not been going to church, and her pastor, Robert Whitty. You familiar with Robert Whitty? He's the founder of Luther Rice Seminary. Um, so I went to visit her, and he came back to visit. That was back when, if you don't show up to church, pastor comes. <laughs> <laughs> so, because we're talking in the mid-60s, late 60s. And uh, he asked, I, see, I wasn't raised in church. It was a hit and miss when I went to my grandparents. They were very regular, but I didn't have the opportunity. We didn't live near them. Then he started to, he looked right at me and he says, he asked me if I was saved. I mean, that's just the word he used. None of this proper stuff, you know, about, it was salvation. And I said, no. And he says, well, come on over to the dining room table and let's talk. And I want to show you some verses. And he did, and I did. Wow. I started crying. I, was, I said, oh. I looked at him, and I said, can I go tell, call my husband, tell him what happened to me? <laughs> so I called him, and uh, he was very upset. He didn't let me know that, but he told me, 
50 years later because he did not want to get involved in church. So anyway, he, he fought me and then they able to go. I went for a few Sundays, even went forward at, at um, Robert Whitty's Church Central Baptist at that time and, you know, confessed my salvation. Never got baptized. He wouldn't go to church. He never helped me with my children, our children, <laughs> or, uh, you know, cooking or anything like that. So I had to work. I was working full time and had two babies. So I would get them dressed. No car seats back then. You just lay them on the, <laughs> on the seat. And so anyway, I got real discouraged at and I stopped sign at the end of the street and I turned around and went home. So I'm not going anymore. And I really didn't except for special occasions. And so then I uh, left home. Francis and I were married in 1966. And I said, there is no way I'm going to make my kids go to church, family go to church. And then that, I'd get that call. And unfortunately, the terrible part about it, and reflecting back on it, is that I went, oh my gosh, I know what Sundays are going to look like because of Irene Zitbrier, my mother. So sure enough, Sunday morning, and sadly to say, I did not help her with the kids. I would not go to church with her. And it was really interesting. As, as I reflect back on it, I think about those times where I'd had enough, I'd, I'd had enough knowledge of Jesus, of who he was, then I'm not kidding you, I can literally remember those years to where she, we both stopped going, we didn't go to church anymore, we filled that life up with the worldly stuff on Sundays. And then I can remember, I'm not kidding you, I can literally remember filling over in the bed some nights, making sure that Francis was still there because I knew if he came back from my previous church stuff, that she was out of here and I was going to get left behind. Oh, I and uh, then one night in uh, 19... Um, 77, nine years after she accepted the Lord, uh, I can remember so, so well of uh, she wasn't there in the wee hours of the morning, and I went in there and found her on her knees and asked her what her problem was, and she had no problem telling me. <laughs> she says, uh, me and the kids are going to go to church this Sunday with or without you. I was praying when he came in and found me on my knees. <laughs> I not done that. I don't think ever on my knees. I decided to tag along. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was Bay Meadows uh, Missionary Baptist Church. Jack Week was the pastor over there. And so I went to church that uh, Sunday morning, and just like that, those doggone pastors back then, they come visit you. And so I was out back chopping wood. It was a day that it snowed in Jacksonville, Florida in January of 77. And I was out back chopping wood, and Lisa came out and said, Dad, uh, the preacher's here. And I knew, I, knew the, I, I knew what the process was. He was going to ask me, am I saved? And I was going to say, yeah, and get rid of him. <laughs> and so I went in there, and I can still remember, I can honestly still remember him sitting in that red chair by that front door. And uh, I'm sitting over on the couch, and he started talking about everything but salvation. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm around the uh, dining room table and uh, asking the Lord Jesus Christ to uh, come into my heart and, and to save me. And uh, so that was how I came to came to know Christ. It was through a, through, through, a, through a wife that got a good dose of it nine years earlier. Henry and Francis didn't come to faith when they were kids. It took Henry until he was 32 years old before he gave his life to God. 
And slowly but surely, God began to open doors. So I wanted you to hear a little bit more about God's preparation of their life to prepare them for Roatan. So we got, we got of course, involved in the bus ministry, and, and it was all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And, uh, boy, God just uh, bathed us big time in the, in, in the ministry there, and we never looked back. We went from that to... Uh, uh, and I, I know that's where my love for children in need, because it was a bad area we went into to, for the children to ride the bus. And uh, it was really it was a really neat story <laughs> in how that uh, uh, Francois, again, very involved, uh, visitation, all that. And what had happened was that, uh, that uh, our Sunday school teacher was leaving. And so this guy's a police, he's a retired policeman, JSO officer. He said, I know who's going to be our next Sunday school teacher. And I said, who's that? And he said, you. Went, yeah. I said, I'm the guy that sits in the back row, Tom. I'm at Vernon. I sit in the back row, and, I, and if that teacher looks at me for two minutes, I'm afraid he's going to ask me a question. My head goes down, and I'm going to be the Sunday school teacher. Yeah, right. I get that one. And I did, the, I did the right thing, you know. I said, I'll pray about it. I had no intentions of, of ever teaching Bible. I did not because my reading comprehension was horrific. And I, and I really never even studied them. Remember, you used to be very good at studying the lessons. I never even already studied the lessons. And I was a runner back then. And I can take you to the spot over, over near Grove Park. I was running. <clears throat> and I can remember, I can so remember it so vividly. And I was scared to death to come home and tell, tell her about this. Really? Yeah, I was I scared when I... telling me that. Yeah, I was scared, scared to death. What's that going to do to you? I, 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 well, I, I knew once I told you the cat's out of the bag, i got to do it now. <laughs> but but I, I can remember arguing with God. God, I, God, I don't have no reading. I don't have... I have very poor reading. I can't do this. And, man, I'm just... I don't prepare. I don't, I don't do this and that. And I can remember, honestly, God said, I'm, I'm not wanting you. I just want you to clean the vessel up. I want to use you. That was nothing but a faith step because I didn't have the qualifications to do that. And, uh, and, but, but yet I, I knew God had called me. And I knew, you know, now reflecting back, I knew if he called me, he equipped me and enabled me to be able to, to do that. So. So Henry and Frances came to faith later on in life, and God had put a desire in her heart to do more, but Henry was, he's the kind of guy who needed some more assurances and was a little bit slow to the game. He, he again reiterates that it took him nine years to come to faith in Christ after Francis, and then another nine years for him to, to be uh, fully surrendered to ministry even after that. And so uh, he was a little slow to the game, but you see God's preparation each step along the way. Again, I like to sit down and talk to them and ask them questions that are important. And there's three questions I ask every guest that I, that I put on, and it's this. Tell me about one moment that has inspired you. So one moment when you saw something that really motivated your heart to put down things that were temporal and work with everything you have for things that are eternal. And this is what they shared. Uh, in uh, 2005, and uh, we were celebrating our 39th wedding anniversary, and I said, let's go on a cruise and so Frances and I left and, and we went on a cruise and and she's always messing up something with, with God with me <laughs> she asked a little boy on the beach you know had he ever heard of Jesus and she he said no ma'am and he spoke Spanish that was the interpreter that he said that 
And so she comes with this crazy idea. I think God's calling us to the mission field. And I said, That wasn't the first time I'd heard that. But that was the first time you talked to me <laughs> one-on-one about, going on a, about being a missionary. And I said, Francis, I said, we've never been to seminary. We've never even been on an international mission trip. That can't happen. And I said, I, I think we just need to go back over there. And because uh, at the time she had been called, not me. And so that's whenever we, uh, uh, September that same year, we went back over there and I saw that little girl carrying the bottle of water up and asked Enrique, sitting out, standing outside of a white Toyota Corolla. And I can still remember the words that we can take care of that. Uh, not having a clue what that meant. But now going back, God called Francis April of that year. God called me September that year to go on the mission field. Inspiration is imperative. It's always the first step. Before there's ever motivation to move, there's got to be an inspiration to dream. But that second thing comes down to that moment when all of a sudden you start to put action to those thoughts, when you start acting upon faith. And so that second question is this. Tell me about one time when you were motivated to action, like one moment when you had to step out and actually do something about those things that God had placed in your heart. I think for both of us, and it was collectively a, a mutual decision, was, uh, now you think about this, we're married 40 years. We've got a home, we've got, this is our home, Jacksonville, Florida is our home. And uh, we've got a decision to make now. We've got to move to Roatan, so we got to be able to, uh, and at that time there were no churches, we, we, went on our own. we went on our own with the Lord. And so we looked at each other and neither one of us hesitated. We said, let's get rid of everything. Everything. And I mean, we... I mean, anything you see in here, it's very inexpensive. And I'm so happy. I don't want better. When God took that from me and we gave up everything we had, which was nice. And it is hard over the course of years to pick one moment of action. There were so many different steps that were taken along the way. But the final question is this. I wanted to know from Henry and Francis, what's one moment when they were encouraged to continue on even though it was difficult? Again, everything that's, that's worthwhile is going to take more than you got today. And so you live one, one day at a time. But there are some days if you've been doing something long enough when you wanted to give up. Some days when you wonder if it was worth it, if it was going to work out. And so I asked the question, okay, tell me about a time when you thought things were falling apart, but you continued on and persevered, and tell me how that all worked out. But uh, there were moments where, there were times where uh, there were people that was on our board that was wanting to take the ministry in a, in a different direction. Oh, that would be the one. And, yeah, and, I can't and think I, of and I, uh, and I, it, 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 the person that was, was, you know, I'm kind of the, she, I'm the golden retriever guy that Francis described me as her husband. And this guy's very strong, very, 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 very strong. I mean, he's the lion personality. Highly intelligent, very highly intelligent. And the plan that he had sounded pretty good. I mean, it sounded, I said, and, and he, he already had, he said, we're going to get rid of all these board members. We're going to bring in these board members, and, and these are the job responsibility. And so I left there. I left his office thinking, man, this is pretty good. And then, boy, God got a hold of me and said, this is the direction. And, and, and God let me know that I want you, that was where God was very clear. I want you to do water, and I want you to do church, and I want you to do those two very well. 
and that was nothing. That was that and was that nothing. did get tough at times. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should yeah. get people to back away. Yeah, you know to, that we are doing this and this and yeah. not that. It just cleared. It just. Uh, I'm not kidding. You, it just cleared the path so beautifully to focus on church and to focus on the water ministry, and and after all of that was when God's just started letting me know, okay. We don't want to just hand them the water system. We want to teach them how to manage the water system, from how to take how to taking care of it, but also for paying the water ministry, for paying for it as well. And then the same with the church. And so, so yeah, the the, the vision just became much, much, much more clear than than it would have. As I think back to my time that I've spent with Henry and Francis, I have really two key takeaways. First is this: don't try to fill in all the blanks simply follow the next step of the instructions. In other words, we try to understand where God's taking us and what He has in store for us, what's coming next, when we really, we really just need to focus on this day and this day's obedience. They had no idea that the first step of picking up little kids in a poor neighborhood and taking them to the church would lead them one day to build a church where there were poor children who need to know the grace of Jesus Christ and experience His goodness. They didn't know, and if they tried to fill in the blanks, they would have put the wrong answer down probably every time. The second takeaway is this. Know that there is more. One of the reasons why I think that we struggle so much with today's obedience is that we assume that that's the end. That's all that God has in store is this next step. And so when you look at your current ministry position, or maybe even like the role that you're playing at work right now, know that when you fulfill this portion of, of God's journey for you, He will lead you to the next. When you learn today's lessons, He will bring a new season into your life. And so know that God knows what you need. He knows what will fulfill you, and there's always more. He's the God who can do more than you can think and more than you can imagine. So thank you so much for your time today. Again, please give me some feedback. I'd love to know what you find valuable. I'd also just like to share this with you too. In Roatan, this water system has been extremely effective. But because of a severe drought, the water table is empty and the wells cannot access water. So right now they are having to ship in water. So look, if you can pray for it, please pray that God would send some rain and replenish those wells that, so that the system can get back up and running. Also, if you want to help with it, you can go to Living Water for Roatan's website and contribute to that cause as well as they ship in water to fill the, uh, the retaining uh devices so that they can distribute the water so please be a part of that there's some great things going on down there and you can be a part of it too you can follow leverage your life on instagram and on facebook at lyl today you can also go to our website leverage your dot life the podcast is available on the apple store google play stitcher and spotify look i don't know what today brought to you but i know this that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand for you to walk in. And so there's going to be an opportunity for you to let your light shine before men that they would see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So go do it and live this day to the fullest.